0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to another episode. I'm so happy that you're here. If you've been with me for a while, sending you so much love and I see you and I'm so grateful for you. If you're new to the show, welcome to our community. Episodes drop every Wednesday morning. And I'm Helen. I'm a mindset mentor for women. We've got another fabulous conversation today. We have the wonderful Makosi Najesser joining us, who also goes by the Royal Shaman. She is a spiritual leader, a speaker, and a pioneer in the domain of personal development and energetic alignment. Through her groundbreaking modality, the Energetics of Euphoria, Makosi teaches her clients to ground themselves in the feeling of bliss, calling in that state of euphoria regardless of external circumstances. She is a fully-initiated Sanusi, which is a spiritual philosopher, a medium, and an oracle, and a Sangoma, which is an African shaman, healer, and diviner. She is also initiated into the ancient Egyptian school of spirituality through the Dogon Mystery School in West Africa, and she now serves as a spiritual advisor and teacher to help serious seekers fulfill their highest potential through mastering mindfulness and metaphysics. So enjoy this episode while you're listening. You can find her at the Royal Shaman on Instagram and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. We love to hear from you and we love to know what you're moving through and working through. So hit us up, let us know what's going on and I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question i love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to?
1: Um, honestly, as a hashtag mom, Um, I have a little one who basically (laughs) runs my life. So each morning is started off with getting him off to school and then my morning ritual starts. So mine is not first thing in the morning. Mine is after he gets to go off. And um, I usually am a little bit into um, planning out my day, simply getting things off of my mind listening to some podcasts that are about either spirituality or entrepreneurship or psychology. And then I just, I, my days are almost all flow at this point.
0: Beautiful. What helps you to stay in alignment before you're kind of sending your energy out to your child or to other people in your environment? Like, how do you keep your energy kind of centered and grounded?
1: My secret for success is that I really love to be present. So I have periods of time where I future cast, I, you know, look in look in the past so on and so forth. But I like to make a practice out of getting present in the mundane tasks. So one of the things that I do most days is make a cup of tea. Um, and in the process of making that cup of tea, I just focus on the tea. I don't think about, you know, all of the calls that I'm going to have later and so on and so forth. I'm really focused on making sure that I get the best quality water, that it's at the right temperature, making sure that, you know, I've, I've got the, the precise amount of sweetness that I want and then being really present and actually enjoying, (laughs) the tea that I have made. And I take that philosophy into pretty much everything that I do. Mm,
0: Yeah. I love that. Such a simple piece of wisdom to stay present in the moment and not get overwhelmed by past or future kind of activities. Can you walk us through like a day in your life, a typical day in your life? What does that look like?
1: (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. Well, there is so much variety in my day. However, um, I, at some point, I don't know when this happened, but I really started focusing on creating what I call scaffolding. Um, so in human design, I'm a manifesting generator and we tend to have lots of different interests and we can do, we just be doing all the things, right. But having what I call scaffolding allows for me to have like key things that I'm going back to again and again and again. And then in between them, there are, you know, there's, there's room to play. Right. So I look at those as like the key events in my day. So first, usually get up in the morning get myself ready, get my kiddo ready. He's off to school. Then in the morning, I have that Key pillar of, you know, just looking at what am I going to be doing that day, making my coffee or tea, so on and so forth. That's uh, uh, one of those pillars. Then I leave a window of time for play. And um, lately, that play is playing dress up in my closet, (laughs) Um, (laughs) or it could be um, watching makeup videos on TikTok or Whatever that whatever can get me, uh, sometimes it's dance. Whatever is going to get me in touch with um, my personal like creative expression, right? Then I usually have lunch, and my afternoons are typically where I um, am am doing my work or connecting with people, clients, podcasts, so on and so forth. I usually leave a chunk of. Mm, three or four hours in the afternoon for that. Then I wrap that up. Kiddos getting home from school, dinner time, you know, my day, a lot of people, um, wonder a lot because they think, oh, you know, it must, it must be so spiritual and like full of constantly being in spiritual mode. But my philosophy is that, um, we are to bring spirit into this realm, and we can bring it into everything that we do.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit more, too. How are you bringing shamanism and this spiritual work into this modern day world that we live in? What does that look like? Oh
1: gosh. well, there's there's a lot that I have to consider all the time. But um, at some point in my own, journey, I started to realize that at the core, uh, shamanism is all about alignment, right? Alignment, harmony, whatever word that you want to use for that, that's really at the core what it is about. Um, But the way that we are moving as a society has changed so much. And some of the ways that we did things in ancient times don't necessarily apply anymore. Right. Like for example, in most shamanic cultures, at least every single one that I've ever come across, um, there are, there there's a practice of offerings, right. Or as some would say, um, sacrifice, letting go of something in order to receive something and, It used to be that at one point in in shamanism, that was like related to like animals, right? And the reason for that was because most people were raising animals and that was something that they saw a lot of value in. Well, now we live in a time where at least here in the West, most people have never even held the animals that they eat, right? Like they've, they, there's no connection there. So then we have to start looking at, well, how do we translate that concept into this modern experience? And so for me, it's gonna be different for each person. It's gonna be really based on what they are most attached to, you know, what is actually keeping them from their next level, right? And it's something that's symbolic of um, a certain way of being. And they let go of that and step into the, the next evolution. But ultimately, I find that supporting people in really uncovering who they are and giving them the courage and the support to follow their intuition, learn how to hear their intuition first and actually follow their intuition. Because when they do that, the path is laid out for them, but we can get very um, in our minds about what it is that we think that we want instead of understanding that actually our our soul knows best right it can it's the aspect of us that sees beyond time and space so it knows what's coming even before you do <laughs> you meaning like your thinking mind and so when we listen to our intuition i've just i have unshakable confidence and faith in it because i've just seen it happen so many times that it always works out better than you could have even imagined it.
0: Mm -hmm. So when people are starting to get familiar with that inner guidance system and that conscious self that is beyond the thinking mind, how do you advise that people start to build communication with that part of self and start to get familiar with that inner voice and really trust it? Because I think some people, when they're coming into this knowing and this remembering of self, they don't really know what they're listening to or looking for. How do you help people who are just starting to get to know themselves on that level? Start this kind of initiation phase.
1: Yeah. Um, What I noticed is most people will come into that desire to want to listen to it, usually at a very pivotal moment, right? Like it's, oh, I need my, I have this intuition and it's like this really huge thing, but they haven't built that relationship. So there's not a lot of trust in it. Mm -hmm. So there's a few pieces here. One is that they begin to practice connecting with and utilizing their intuition in very small ways first. Um, because we, the you know, the way that our ego works is that it needs evidence. And so we can give it evidence that we can trust our intuition by trusting it with very small things, right? Like, and I mean, really small, like, okay, in the morning, I make yogurt for breakfast, use my intuition to decide strawberries or blueberries, right? Mm. So, so small. And then notice after how satisfied and fulfilled I am with the decision that my intuition guided me to, right? And over time, what happens is you can trust yourself. It's all about self-trust. You can trust yourself with bigger and bigger and bigger things. Like some people will ask, well, Mikosi, how did you like?" Where did you get the courage to get on a plane and fly to South Africa by yourself to go into initiation? And that's because I had all of these years of self-trust built up because I had been following my intuition and, and it just showed me again and again. The other piece that's really important is that you understand how to hear your intuition, how to um, identify the difference between your intuition and, and thoughts, right? Like the thinking mind. That's where most people really get stuck. So first you have to understand that the ego has a certain agenda, right? Everything has an agenda. Your ego's agenda is to keep you safe and to keep you in the illusion of separation because that is what allows for us to have an individual experience, an ego, right? So it also in that wants to keep you alive. So it cares about time, right? So the voice of the ego tends to be rushed or somehow thinking about, um, time (laughs) in the, in the communication that it's giving to you, like, oh, we should be more successful by now. We should have already hit those 10 K months, or, you know, we should be married by now. We're 35. That's ego. You'll also notice that it utilizes comparison a lot, because that's how it keeps that illusion of separation, right? It compares, you will notice that it compares you to other people around you, to, you know, things your mom said when you were seven years old and so on and so forth. The other thing as well um, is that sometimes that is the voice that will um, be more critical of you it is the voice that will speak limitation to you right so the your intuition which really is the language of your soul it number 1 transcends time and space So, it has zero interest in rushing you to do anything. So, the voice is very um, patient with you. It's something that, like, you've probably been hearing an intuitive voice for like three years about something, (laughs) and it still keeps showing up, right? Because it's just very patient. The other thing is that it tends to be more quiet, tends to be. Um, much more subtle. You have to be more tuned in where your ego is, is kind of loud and obnoxious and almost yells in your head (laughs) at you. The other thing about intuition is that um, the ego is experienced in the mind. Intuition is experienced in the body. Right. It's, ex- it, it's experienced as a feeling it's experienced as a, a knowing and it doesn't typically make sense.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this as well. In the beginning was the connection between our primal instinct and our body communicating with us before our brain even picks up what might be going on. And so the primal instinct connection to the intuition, what, is there a through line there between these two aspects
1: you know, I don't have a specific answer on that because I'm actually still exploring um I'm a little bit of a a, a scientific being mm-hmm. um, I, to research so i'm I'm currently in the studies of of how our um, gut health affects our intuition. Mm-hmm. and what those little consciouses consciousnesses <laughs> Um, what they're also picking up on and how they're communicating that to us. That's kind of currently where I, where I'm uh, exploring and in my understanding, so on and so forth. But my, my current choice of perspective is that we do have an aspect of us that transcends um, this life. Right. And so we can call it like our primal instinct, or we could say it's, um, reincarnation, or we could say, um, it is, you know, patterning from our DNA and gene activation. Like there's lots of different perspectives that we can take, but all of them still boil down to the fact that we have access to an intelligence that transcends the very limited amount that we've seen, thought, felt, heard, experienced, right? So when I work with my clients, the reason why I focus so much on um, being spirit first, right, like being spirit led first is because that aspect of you will guide you to realms Meaning, like experiences in, in your reality that you couldn't have imagined for yourself because our minds automatically start limiting mm-hmm. what we think is possible for us and who we think we are. Right. So it's a little scary to do that because you don't always know where your intuition is leading you. It's a, it's a mystery, There's, mm-hmm. it's a journey there's um exploration and discovery that happens in it so i don't lead anyone to like oh i have this i have this specific vision for my life how do i get there um because sometimes that actually might not even be in your best interest we have to look at well what what is your intuition telling you? And what are you going to learn from that experience? And who are you going to become by going?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that you're talking about being spirit led first, because it is the kind of like umbrella that oversees everything else and holds it's the container for everything else anyways. And there's just this beautiful kind of like triangle between mind, body and spirit that it seems to be so important and so connected. And it's just part of our experience to have these all tied in together. But I want to journey back with you too into your initiation into shamanism and what your journey has looked like as far back as you want to go. Like, how did you get led into this work? Um, Is it part of your lineage? Like anything that you want to touch on regarding how you entered shamanism in the first place?
1: Yeah, well, from everything that I've learned, we are all born with our gifts. No one, no one gives us our gifting. We are born with it. And there simply comes a time in your life where you are called to utilize it. And you can either pick up that phone and answer it or decide not to, right? Which is actually the path that most people take. Most people don't answer their calling. Um, now for someone who's you know called to become a shaman, that's a little bit different <laughs> but there are also some patterns that that still show up even if you aren't called so for me my gifting definitely was showing itself at a young age but i was was and still am a quite uh analytical person so i was having spiritual experiences um, when i was younger it was animal spirits specifically um where I was having those experiences but then I was like talking myself out of it like talking myself out of like oh but that that's not real (laughs) you're just you're just imagining things oh you're just seeing bears out of the corner of your eye you know what I mean like that sort of thing yeah um it wasn't until um 12 13 I started to realize that I had a, a a gift for reading. So somebody, uh, one of my friends, gifted me a tarot deck. Her mom, like, her mom was Wiccan and had tarot decks, and she had some, and and she gifted me one. And I started um, reading in middle school. I started doing readings for other kids, and I was really good at it. No one taught me tarot. I just read them. And then around. Uh, 15, my best friend was murdered and um, she literally appeared at the end of my bed just as real as us sitting here. Like she was there and I did everything to try to deny that that was actually happening. I like blinked, pinched myself, (laughs) rubbed my eyes and she was still there. And then she communicated with me. And after that, I was like, so all of those years of this sort of thing happening, I was not make like I was not tricking myself. That was really happening. So of course with her, her death and I'm like in high school, we, uh, or I went into kind of a, a little bit of a depression and I actually started to, see and experience spirits more. And that actually came to a, a head around like 17, 18, where I kept seeing the same one again and again and again. I started to have very weird freak accidents. And I started to get what um we call the calling sickness, which is a specific kind of sickness that happens in the body um, where it's there's all of these things, all of these symptoms happening. Like for me, it, it expressed as pain in my bones and, um, crazy weight loss, severe fatigue, um, all sorts of allergies to certain things, which I later found out were things I was not supposed to be eating. Cause I was in initiation. Um, <laughs> funny how that worked, but that sickness started to propel me to look outside of the, 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 what everybody had been telling me was quote unquote real. The medical system actually is, is where I started. And, um, and then I also started at the same time looking outside of, um, outside of religion into different spiritual systems, because I started to notice that there were, there were like a lot of Commonalities, and I was like, "Why is there so much war and division in the world?" When I'm like, "You guys, this is all the same at the core." um, I, I just I couldn't understand it
0: popping in for a moment to chat with you about my mentorship series. So this is a private one-on-one mentorship series with me that goes for seven weeks at a time. We are really looking at your most basic underlying framework as it relates to the subconscious. We take a look at your subconscious belief systems and we essentially work backward. We take a look at how you're thinking, how you're behaving, how you're showing up in the world. And we take a look at what belief systems cause you to behave in this way. And if it's for the better or if it's harming and we start to rewire that and we build you a new story and in doing so we build you a new paradigm we do this most importantly with compassion with curiosity with so much love and honoring of yourself and this is really powerful transformational work i'm really here to offer you a safe space a space and a portal to grow and to become the woman that you have dreamt of becoming I have seen absolutely astonishing results in the women that have come through this container. I see it physically come through them. I see it happen in career shifts that they, you know, have been experiencing, in relationships that change and evolve. It's just absolutely amazing what happens when we invest in ourselves and prioritize our well-being. Our entire life will change for the better. So, if this feels like something that is calling you forward and feeling really resonant with you, just go to helendenham.com/mentorship. You can book a free half an hour power session with me and we'll get to know each other. I'm so excited to meet you. I'm honored that you're here and thank you for listening regardless. I love you and back to the episode.
1: So fast forward a bit, still going through like health issues, end up having my son um, in my last year of college and my entire intention was I was gonna go to med school. But then after a really challenging time, with getting pregnant, finally having him, developing postpartum preeclampsia. It was just like a bunch of trauma around it. (laughs) I decided not to go to med school. And that was, I would say like the first time that I really started following my, my intuition because that was a moment where I had to deal with a lot of judgment right? Judgment of myself, first and foremost, because I could have gone to medical school. Um, But also from a lot of people who thought that was ridiculous to not go to medical school when you're like, right, right at that point. But I knew that he was probably going to be my only child. And I just wanted to be with him. And my intuition was saying, like, just do this. So I finished college. I go into the workforce and I ended up leaving after about a year of, of working. I was working at target, um, followed my intuition and started in direct sales. And that was pure intuition because I started on a Friday and I put my two weeks notice in on Monday. And I was like, I'm going all in on this. I don't know what I got to do, but I'm going to figure it out. And I almost failed after 90 days, but got really inspired because I almost had to go back to work and I was like, I don't want to do that. So after that experience, I, um, ended up skyrocketing in the company. I've got a mentor. I was like, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care how hard it is and how uncomfortable I'll do it. And I did it. But here I am now, like 24 years old. And if you have ever seen when people get to the top of direct sales companies, what happens, right? Like we, I was experiencing, you know, cash bonuses and designer handbags and mansion parties. And I was being flown on free trips all over the place. Right. But I was still not fulfilled. And I was a little confused because I was like, I did everything right, quote unquote, right. I had the husband, the kid, the house, the quote unquote success, but no fulfillment. So it was at that moment that I started asking a different question, not how do I get to that goal? How do I get to that vision? I started asking questions around my identity. I started asking questions about, well, who, if this isn't who I'm here to be, well, who am I? Who, who am I actually? Maybe part of that was motherhood identity change? I don't know. But I started asking different types of questions. And when I started doing that, the universe started answering in really crazy synchronicities. And one of those synchronicities landed me in my first mystery school. Um, so the first, my first initiation, I spent three years in a um, mystery school that was started by a Dogon high priest. So the Dogon are are a tribe out of West Africa, very well known for um, their knowledge of, of the cosmos, um, their connection with ancient Egypt, so on and so forth. So really it was a mystery school of ancient Egyptian spirituality. And in that process, we begin getting what's called divination and divination is a kind of reading that is not like a tarot reading in a, a tarot reading is, is mainly about like telling you the future, like what, what's kind of coming for you, where divination is more about what's going on in your life right now. Um, What the root cause of that problem is and the prescription, like how to fix that issue so that you can be more aligned in your life. Right. And that was when it started coming out that I was you're called to be a priestess. You're here to be a spiritual teacher. Huge, you know, large masses, even if you don't want it, that's what that's your destiny all of these things. And of course I was very resistant because, uh, I had this thing from a very young age of like, I don't want to be famous. So I've had to do a lot of inner work (laughs) in order to be visible. And I'm still having to do different layers of spiritual work around, uh, visibility. So in all of that, um, I'm still sick and getting sicker. And it came out that that sickness was because I had, I was not answering my calling. I wasn't using my gifts and that I would need to initiate further into my spirits and to become a a shaman. So mm, about 18 months, well, yeah, about six months after completing that initiation, I dreamed of my spiritual mother which confused me a lot because, uh, I thought she was me in my dream. (laughs) If you see pictures, I just posted a picture actually yesterday. We look very much alike. Um, and then I ended up meeting her a year later and entered into that initiation. And, um, that initiation was, one of the most challenging things, if not the most challenging thing I've ever done. And it it was incredibly difficult. But ultimately, um, I went through seven initiations, one for each of the spirits that I carry. And after I completed that in 2018, I then set off for another initiation, which is really into my highest calling and um, in these in that lineage specifically, there are different types. there are different types of shamans, meaning depending on the spirits that you have, there are certain gifts that express with with each of those. And um, so there are many gifts that I have access to and that I utilize, but um, the one that I am, that we could say is the highest elevation that I'm, that I'm initiating into is that of the spiritual teacher, leader, um, healer of many, so on and so forth long drawn out, but It's been a lifetime. (laughs) Oh, this is fascinating.
0: I keep thinking about your mention of your bones hurting. I met with a diviner for the first time a couple of weeks ago. So it's so interesting to be sitting with you here after that wonderful man. And one of the rituals he gave me was to get my bones connected to rock, like to actually lean my arms up on the rock, because I'm working on a lot of, um, root root chakra stuff to reignite my Kundalini, et cetera. Um, So he talked a little bit about bone memory. Does anything come up for you around like bone memory and, and anything that you've learned about what our bones are carrying and kind of the wisdom inside our bodies that we're carrying?
1: Yeah. So the bones are symbolic of the ancestors, right? Because we see them as literally like being in your bones and there's some science to that as well, right? Like that is where blood is generated. Um, DNA, so on and so forth, bones. So literally what that's speaking to, at least for me, um, it was speaking to my reincarnation, right? Like who I was here to be trying to come into being, come into this body. So we can um, operate like zombies. Um, most people are operating like zombies because they're disconnected from from spirit. So the initiation process was a process of un- unbecoming everything that I thought that I was, so that I could be who I was really here to be. But also um, cleansing and purifying this vessel to be able to hold the frequency of, of my soul. And it hurts. (laughs) It still hurts sometimes when I'm like, when there's like another level and it's trying to come into my body because I'm here to be a channel for that spirit, right? It's trying to be in my embodied. So I talk Mm -hmm. about embodiment all the daggone time. Um, and people are like, what does that mean? Well, what it really means is that your soul is able to be in alignment and embodied in your being. And when that happens, that's when your gifting opens up. That's when um, you know, the abundance that's meant for you comes through. That's when, you know, the aligned people start showing up and all all of these amazing things because, okay, now you have this beautiful, clear channel of energy that's flowing through you. And um, there's so much um, passion and uh, vibrancy and uh, joy for life in the present moment. So I would say that I'm quite maybe I'm a little different than some other um shamans who mainly are like working with ritual and um so on and so forth because my medicine comes through my being through who I am and voice I use I utilize my voice but ultimately I see that we are all in the same field, which is the field of alignment
0: Mm.
1: through different gifting, through different paths.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have any like stretches or embodiment practices that help you get into your body? Like, what do you go to when you're like, I need to get into my body? Are you ready for this? Yes. (laughs) Twerking. Oh, yeah. I love this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. So um, (laughs) it's one of the best, (laughs) especially for um, feminine essence beings, because it's directly connected with our root and our sacral, right? Immediately, you're grounding into that energy. It also, at least from my experience, um, connects us with our sensuality. Our sexuality, which are the sources of creative energy, that's creative energy, right? So, moving our hips so it doesn't necessarily have to be twerking, but for me, it's twerking, um, (laughs) or belly dance. I also have been belly dancing for uh, some years and allowing the looseness of the hips. I can, I can really, really tell when someone is. Um, embodied and in flow from the way that they are able to move their hips and how connected they are and how in their body they can be when they dance. So um, for me, dance is one of the absolute best ways, especially dance styles that require you to be barefoot. So your feet can be on the ground You can be, have your knees bent. That's another important um, piece of it and have that lower part that those lower chakras dropped down close to the ground and you get out of your head. You allow yourself to get into your body with the movement and not be, you know, thinking about how weird you look or, you know, whether you're on beat or whatever, you just allow yourself permission to let go and move.
0: I love this so much. I remember the first time I like started to do like twerking exercises was, um, shout out to Sahara Rose. She did a live on it and she got us all twerking. And I was like, Oh my god because i was so uncomfortable like i think a lot of my journey has been like unleashing that <laughs> but it's so like freeing it makes you laugh and it's like there's something about shaking too that just like releases the energy and um i'm sure this is a shamanic practice too is shamanic shaking and, and it also reminds me of the release that kind of happens in a big uh, yoga hip opener pose or something to kind of release that, that lower part of the body. So I love that so much. Turn on some good music and dance, get your feet on the ground. That's fantastic. So another topic I wanted to ask you about too, is I love how involved you are with empowering women to embrace money and to embrace growth and to make, you know, financial well being and wealth into this really accessible and kind of part of our spiritual journey, you know, growth. So how can you help us understand how to activate money and manifest money in a way that's in alignment and to not be scared of it? Because I think a lot of people have a block around money being either dirty or shameful or needing to be hard earned, et cetera. So I hope that makes sense. But can you talk a little bit about embodying wealth?
1: Yeah, Um, there's so many different ways that I can go about this, but I think I want to keep it on like an individual level. Um, if we understand, and again, you can try this on for size, if it works for you, I think it works for a lot of people, (laughs) but from my perspective, each of us are here to be, um, a unique expression of divinity. Right. And, um, all of us are made of the same stuff. So we do have access to all of the things, right? We, we are all of everything but um some of us are coded or um set from birth with certain gifts activated right or certain expressions activated and and that's who we are here to be in the in the world what happens unfortunately is we go through a process of conditioning from a very young age and depending on you know the house you were in and, you know, the parents that you had and your education and community and all of those things start to influence who you think that you are. And usually there's some aspects of that, that you took on, that you borrowed from other people that actually aren't you, that are not, um, they're not that expression that you came here to be, right? Um, so for example, it's not always a bad thing by the way um i am actually an introvert i'm an introverted person maybe maybe people would say i'm an ambivert um i'm an extroverted introvert um but the majority of my time i i need to be alone actually but through necessity as a as a young girl um i put on a face of extroversion and, um, and, you know, tried to become the girl next door and tried to fit in and all of that. Like we all do in our own ways. Right. Now our abundance, the boon of opportunities and connections and love, and I don't just mean money. All of that is Tied directly to our ability to be that version in this reality. So you could absolutely make money without that piece. But I have zero interest in teaching anyone that because to me, it's going to feel hollow. You're going to be one of these millionaires who's empty. And that's why I talk about euphoric millionaire because to me it's much more important it's not even about the million dollars necessarily it could be you know for one person it might be 500,000 or maybe for another it's it's 3 billion that depends on the person but to me what matters most is is the euphoric component but in order for us to receive that boom number 1 we have to understand that it comes through a variety of channels we think that money comes from people, so we try to figure out how we can get as many people as possible to give us their money. But people are just a channel. There's many channels that money can come through, right? Like as we're recording this yesterday here in the U.S., you know, lots of people are are going to have ten to twenty thousand dollars of student loans forgiven right? And that didn't come through a way that they forced to happen, right? So understanding that our abundance is coming to us as, a, as an expression of gratitude from the universe for being that unique expression that we agreed to be when we took this life, right? The other piece that has to happen. For us is um, unlearning a lot. because most of us have been taught certain ways of thinking and being and judging ourselves and judging others. And it is often in direct conflict with what it is that we say we want. For example, I want to be a millionaire. And at the same time, We, you know, criticize the wealthy for not paying enough tax, right? Right. That is the, it's those sorts of things that we're doing automatically that is keeping us from being able to create wealth, Mm -hmm. right? Because like I said earlier, our ego is trying to keep us safe. Right. And if it perceives that that over there is bad. Well, we're not going to be anything like that. Right. Yep. So (laughs) I'm going through this uh, on my own, not even directly connected with money, but it's just an example in my initiation. I had an experience of a spiritual teacher that, um, was very disempowering and I'm writing more about it in the book, but it was, you know, I experienced the dark side of what you can, what you can do Mm -hmm. and understood that the spiritual realm is way more powerful than this physical. If I, however, continue to demonize that spiritual teacher but yet i'm called to become one how will i how can i do that my ego will keep me from ever allowing that to happen so the way that we do that is through an unlearning process and it through it's through curiosity it's just through questioning first questioning all of your beliefs questioning you know who you think that you are like you know i'm not i'm not a um i don't speak in public do you not speak in public or did you have an experience as a kid that led you to think that you can't speak in public mm-hmm. right and so on and so forth and it's like peeling the layers of an onion you peel one layer off peel another layer off peel 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 Until eventually you get to the essence, the essence of who you are here to be. And the beauty of that is part of it is destiny and has always been there, right? But the other part of it is that you have free will and that you get to choose Mm -hmm. of certain ways of being and adopt new ways of being.
0: Yeah. This is so powerful. Yeah. I had a client this morning, you know, we're working on self-worth with her and she said, you know, people give me compliments, but they just don't feel true. They don't, I can't let them land. And I'm like, well, it's because your whole story tells you that you're not good enough. You've been repeating this for 30 years. So of course it doesn't feel true. So it's yeah, exactly. Like questioning, reprogramming, getting to the root. I love that so much. Makosi, thank you so much for being here. I feel like we have just scratched the surface and I want to have you back on in like six months. Cause there's so much I want to dive into with you, but I'm so excited to know that you have a book coming out. Um, can you tell us anything about this book?
1: I can. So the title of the book is Euphoric Evolution, which is also the 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 name of um, my my paradigm and really what I'm bringing through. So it's Euphoric Evolution, um, the infinite path to purpose, prosperity, and paradise, and it will be. It is because it's already been in process. Well, in process. Um, It is. It is a head-turner of a book that will challenge everything that you thought <laughs> that you knew and invite you to um, deeper levels of self-exploration and introduce the possibilities of a very different reality for each person that reads it. But also my my intention is that um, it supports humanity and in our direction. So maybe next year when the book comes out, I will come back and we can talk more about all of the things.
0: I would love that so much. Yeah. Beautiful. And then if people want to work with you and just learn more about your offerings and get to know you, where can we find you?
1: So the best way these days is on um, Instagram. I'm at the Royal Shaman or my website, theroyalshaman.com.
0: Perfect. And we'll link that below in the description too. Makosi, thank you so much again for being here. It's really been so special to just witness your wisdom and be here with you. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Helen. You're absolutely incredible and I can't wait
0: All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And of course, everything we discussed is linked in the description below. So hit us up. Let us know what your biggest takeaways were from today. Even send it along to a buddy if you feel like they might benefit from what you learned as well. Spread the love. And everything from my end is linked on my website, HelenDenham.com. You know, you can learn all about my mentorship program. I teach meditation a few times a week. I've got blog posts up there for you. You can subscribe to my newsletter, which goes out at least every Sunday. Sometimes I send out multiple a week with Oracle cards and poetry and just little pick me ups throughout the week. So head over to HelenDenham.com for all of that. Sending you so much love as always. And thank you again for being here. I'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.